Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls for April 13th, 2023. I am your host, Sean. I am joined today by only two of the other pals. We've got Kale. What's up, hot dogs? And Tyler. <laughs> uh, I would like to eat a hot dog. You know what? Uh, I would too. some glizzies. Yeah, I, well, I don't wow. know about that second thing, but I would eat a hot dog. They got wow. hot dogs where you are? I mean, they have hot dogs, but they're not like, like I can't go somewhere bangers. and like get a hot dog. It's yeah. Bangers. Got me. Blood sauce. Yeah. Well, if Tyler's talking food, that means Tyler's a hungry boy, which means. Kale brought it up. Uh, No, no. Kale referenced something and then you drove it all the way. <laughs> Just like a, so. a boat uh, driving a guy uh, uh, water skiing behind it. What? Okay, listen. That one was so we've Kelly. got yeah. we've got comics to talk about today. Uh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Uh, I don't know Cowboy what edition. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what volume this is, but apparently this is <laughs> only Legacy one eighty one of the Guardians. So I'm I'm gonna look that up by the way. While you, I'm very yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number three. We are in our year 1000 era for that book. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Usagi Yojimbo, Where When, number one. Uh, I, I didn't want this cover. Don't ask. I would much prefer to have some really great art on this. Maybe, maybe I can do something with this cover. Get someone to draw on it or something like that. But I wouldn't know who to go to. Who should I get to draw on this? Ooh, you know, uh, so you got to get an Osaki Ojimbo sketch. Okay. Um, or Eric like Larson. Or- oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Or like a uh, an original, uh, an original Turtles creator, Eastman or Laird, or Sophie Campbell are the hot ones. Ooh. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna have to keep that in mind because I don't I think- like that. And well, bring bring it, to, it to bring it to Comic Con. We'll figure it out. You can give it to me for my birthday. Kale would well, love that. you shouldn't have said that because now I can't do it. That's where my mind went. But you can't you can't speak those things. Don't don't worry. Even if it's on the internet forever, I've said it on the podcast. I'll forget it in two seconds. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got the listener pick this week. The seasons have teeth. Number one. Whoa, it is that. Yeah, this is the holographic cover. Whoa. Man, gimmick yep. cover week for Sean. Uh yeah. Volume seven, Sean. Volume seven. Okay. Um yeah. Let's Lower let's get right into it. Let's 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 just talk group fall or well, Guardians well, of the yeah. Galaxy number one, which is the group fall arc. Uh this was um This was a pretty anticipated book. We haven't had a Guardians book in a little bit. Not too, too long, if I remember correctly, but uh, it's been a little tiny bit. Colin Mm -hmm. Kelly and Jackson Lansing are, of course, uh, the writing duo. I don't even know if I've ever seen either one of them with a credit that didn't include the other. But uh, they're joined by Kev Walker on art with Matt Hollingsworth on the colors and letters by Corey Pettit. This is I don't know what the guardian status quo was prior to this. I got the impression that this sort of is its own thing. Um, is that accurate, Tyler? Do you know that? 
it, its own thing in what sense? Like out of continuity? No, no, no. In the sense that like it's not really piggybacking off of the last volume or wherever that setting left setting up a new status quo. No, I believe this is all uh, immediate res, right? Right, Kale? Is that the right term? Yeah. Um, like literally just throwing us in. It's yeah. Okay. It, I don't think it has any kind of even the costume designs, nothing. Um, and I think it feels the biggest, like that. The biggest thing is like, oh, Drax is back because Drax hasn't really worked with the Guardians in a while, from what I remember. I think the last run was um, Ewing's run. Okay. On Guardians. Yeah. So been a couple years. I didn't know there was a run after Ewing's run. Uh, there isn't. <laughs> no. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's the Guardians in a new environment. You know, they drop in on this town, and it's got this real Western feel to it. And I think that um, I think the creative team does a good job playing that up. It's mm. it's funny. Um, and it's a good setting for the Guardians. I I had fun with this. I don't think it was amazing. But I had fun with it. Yeah, it was fun seeing. I don't know. It was fun reading a western. Mm. Um, and I we we touched on this last week. A space western is the best. Yeah. Um, but it was very. Uh, we say this a lot, but it, it felt very paint by numbers. Very very basic. Very mm. little plot. For, a little for, story, I guess. Yeah. Pl- plot was fine. For me, it felt very cinematic in the sense that it's very much a cold open. Yeah. Um. There's not much here outside of establishing who the who the team is, and then the big, you know, reveal at the end there. Um. I. I, I mean, I don't know all the books. This is my pick of the week. Um. I, I think having Kev Walker on art definitely helps. I love Kev Walker. I've always loved Kev, Kev Walker. Um, some of the most iconic pages in my head are like back when I was reading like uh, Avengers Arena. Big fan of that. Um, and the Kev Walker stuff there is great. Um, I like the designs of these costumes. Um, I had started to hate how MCU the Guardian started looking. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of not that. Um, well, yeah, except that now Star Lord looks like uh, Rick Grimes, which. I'm fine with fine with that. That's actually kind of look, what I remember what I'm looking like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and I love I love a writing duo on Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm a big Abinet and Landing Guardians fan. So um mm. and, and I've liked a lot of what Lansing and Kelly have done. So yeah, I thought this was fun. I think the distinct li- lack of Rocket Raccoon, A, uh odd given the movie trailers. <laughs> um uh and B is refreshing in a comic book. And I, which is weird to say, but Rocket's always been a mainstay. So him not being part of that dynamic lets the other characters breathe a little more. Like Mantis actually mm-hmm. gets to do stuff in this, which I thought mm-hmm. was fun. Um, yeah, I had I had fun with this. I like how it, it even like played with Western tropes and kind of bucked them. Maybe a little um, uh, telegraphed, but it still plays with it. Yeah, I I um, I guess. For me, I don't know what the Guardians were like before James Gunn's movie. So I have no frame of reference. However, I always felt like from the movies, if you remove the James Gunn of it, these could be like very serious people. Like these are people that have been through some heavy, heavy stuff, right? So that's kind of what I'm looking for. 
from the Guardians, not because that's just what I want out of comics, but because I've only seen the, the Guardians have only been portrayed one way for almost a decade now. I would like to see something a little different. And this plays on the edge of that, but there's also a lot of goofiness. Um, and it, there's this, is, you know, that's fine. There's no, no reason why comics have to be grimdark. I just would like to see the Guardians involved in something a little bit different. You know, we don't know exactly what the group fall thing is. We get a very good idea of it uh, towards the end, and it's pretty gruesome and horrible. Um, But we got to see how this is affecting the Guardians. We have to see the emotional toll that this is taking. Where is Rocket? How do they feel about him not being there? Obviously, that's a question. I don't think Rocket's absent just because they didn't feel like using him. Um, Group being gone, Rocket being gone, all makes sense, and I'm cool with that. I just want to see them tap into these characters emotionally. That's the yeah. biggest key for me. I mean, for me, I don't think Groot's gone. I think that that we see Groot in this. Um, Groot has well, always not been on the team. Sure, yeah. sure. But yeah, I, I, in my head, I'm like, I'm always think that Groot was, you know, he was a monster originally in his first appearance. Like he yeah. was just a Kirby monster. Um, so seeing a more monstrous version of that is interesting. But yeah, and then his best friends on here. It's like, all right, something happened, you know, to get us here. Um, if if I recall correctly, Al Ewing uh, established that um, uh, I almost said Chris Chris Pratt, um, Star Lord, no, Star, Star Lord. Lord. <laughs> I do. Nope. I want to keep calling him Chris Pratt. That's just in my head. That's Mario. Um, oh, and Garfield. Apparently, we heard this. Oh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Awful. Um, I think Al Ewing established in his run that uh star lord and rocket are also like best friends super tight whatever you know yeah Hmm. so yeah so i think that that emotional link you know that emotional triumvirate is gone and yeah and that that's been established so sean first of all my next book club recommendation is going to be the original guardians because that is your jam i'm telling you all right, um, let's do it. And like Rocket was the first person that Star Lord approached for a Guardian. Like, so mm-hmm. they've always been pretty close. Um, so yeah, them missing here. And, and, and does this Grootfall thing feel very Borgish to you, Kale? Uh, it's sort like of Borg cube assimilating yeah. in a way, destroying planets. Sort of, but it feels like a more like a killer tumbleweed. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the uh, the organic Borg in a way. If if Borg yeah. is technology based, yeah, the, bor- the organic. Yeah, the organic. <laughs> I didn't realize that it Borg is like organic bio or. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. All right. <laughs> the art's real good. Uh, <laughs> I love Kev Walker's Gamora. He looks fantastic. Um, everybody else looks pretty cool too. I think Star Lord looks really great here. Um, these costume designs are 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 fantastic. Um, I even like the crazy spider mech. I was almost I was just about to get annoyed. Like, wait a second. Why is it that every single team book relaunch features a mech over the last few years? Yeah. And we've covered that. Um, but it, A, the Guardians don't end up in a mech, so I was like, okay, you get a pass. <laughs> And then B, this one actually genuinely looked cool as hell. I love spider mechs. Um, and then Drax just 
man moding it and just throwing that shit. Like, okay, Drax. Yeah. I didn't realize you were in the weight room. No, this was good comics. This was fun. The the one thing I'm glad that the Guardians comics have not leaned to leaned into in terms of you know MCU relations is like Drax is always a badass and he's not he's not funny. Right. Like exactly. in the comics, Drax's whole thing is like I need to kill Thanos. Like that is his mo. And like he has here and there. You know, it's a, it's a weird relationship there. I'm waiting for the uh, the enemies to lovers arc for Drax and Thanos, but. Um, seeing him back in this and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to take this uh halo esque uh, mech thing and just topple it, which seems like a design flaw. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I thought, that, I thought that was fun. Damn. This might now be my book of the week. I think we talked me into it. Just the whole, like um, the whole, like you get to the, the standoff, you know, in, in like the Western town and then Gamora just ruins it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought this was fun. Yeah. Wasn't it a little bit weird? I don't know, but I I just had this thought of like Gamora straight up gutting people. Yeah. And we see that, but then they bleep out all like curse words. In in my head, they're not bleeping it. They're just saying words I can't pronounce. <laughs> right. Like flirt flark it or flirk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, this is good. Pull it. I think I think you will have fun. I don't I can't really think of a reason why you shouldn't buy this. It is five bucks, but um, it's it's oh, it's quality. It. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that and that's that that is a legitimate mark. Yeah. Marvel has to chill the hell out, but you know, provided you've got the means, which if you are a comic book weekly reader, you probably do. Uh, this is worth your money. It is an enjoyable comic, and I will definitely be returning to see what else this creative team has cooking. Mm. John, where do you stand on? Like obviously we we know how you feel about pirates. Where do you stand on cowboys? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I don't really care for cowboys either. Actually, wow. there's only one cowboy that I can think of that I like, and that's Roland Deschain. Does anybody know who that is? No, no, the Dark Tower. Oh, oh yeah, oh of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a fan of Woody? Woody, yeah, okay, Woody's Woody's yeah, cool too. Got snakes yeah. in his boot, you know. Yeah, those are the only two cowboys that I mess with. Otherwise, what who's the one? Uh uh Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger. He okay. was a cowboy. Eh. Yeah. Eh. You ever um, see <laughs> Sorry, never mind. I'm about to go on a tangent. Just never mind. You I mean you stopped me from going There's... on a tangent. So we're even. All right, we're good. We're good. We're good. You just brought well, up. Yeah, let Texas me Ranger. go on one. Go ahead, <laughs> Wait, no, let me go on one by telling you guys. Where you can find us all over the internet, we are, of course, the Comics Pals on all social media platforms. You type that into the Google machine, you will find us. I know because I did that this week. Uh, thank you to everybody that supports us on Patreon.com slash the Comics Pals. We really appreciate it. For as little as $3 a month, you get access to our newsletter. A little bit more scratch opens you up to the world of the Comics Pals. We've got an exclusive show over there for you guys to check out. You get to vote in our monthly book club poll and so much more. We would love to have you come hang out on our Discord server as well, where we are always having a great time chatting it up. Today was a busy, busy day oh, yeah. over on the Discord uh, between Kale's impending backflip, comics talk, old X-Men books. You name it, we're talking it on our Discord server. We're always having fun over there. Uh, book club-wise, we just did Far Sector. That's out now if you want to support that. Check that out. Great book. You should pick it up just because. Forget yeah. us for yeah. a moment. Pick that book up. 
Um, but then do listen to our book club because it was really good. If you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. The main show is at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern every Saturday. Coming off the heels of Jeff Johns. This week, we will be talking about the new comic book publisher that was announced today, Distillery. Uh, and a whole host of other things. What uh, What I'm excited for. What I'm excited for is, of course, the Alan Moore talk. Twilight of the Superheroes oh, will be returning this Saturday. So we've got a lot of good stuff going on. Super Chats are open on YouTube. Subs are available on Twitch if you want to support the show that way. Subs are free on Twitch if you've got an Amazon Prime account. We appreciate everybody who does that. Like the video so that you let YouTube know that you're enjoying what we're doing. Let's roll on to year 1000. In Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants, number three. This is, of course, Al Ewing on the scripts, who hasn't missed much between X-Men Red, Sword, and this. Uh, Alessandro Vidi on art, Rain Barreto on colors, Ariana Mayer on the letters. This is the end of the Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants portion of Sins and Sinister, Sins of Sinister. We only have two issues overall to go. We see a resurrection here. In a sense, they bring Storm back. Apropos of Easter. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> she is risen. That's funny. They really, uh, Al Ewing is really intent on positioning Storm as like the greatest mutant of all time. I mean, he's right. Well-deserved. I don't disagree with that. I just think it's interesting that the the character who people complained about correctly, the most being underutilized for the last three years plus is the one that is being positioned as the greatest of all time. There has to be some type of reason for that. Al Ewing clearly just has good taste. He does. He does. What do you think about uh, this book? What are you, what's your taste buds telling you about this comic book? This, <laughs> this went, it turned the Al Ewing up to 11. Um, and normally I love Al Ewing. This was just a little too much for me. Mm. Um, it's, it, it, and it's not really a continuation. It, it's weird because the previous two issues were kind of, continuations of their own issues i feel like i felt like they they're kind of almost standalone from the greater sins of sinister mm. but now i feel like these issue threes are almost like their own trilogy in a sense by themselves like yeah. this is like a direct continuation of what we read in a uh, moral x-men number three um which is like what what is, what what is the design of this event um and then this was just very narration heavy. It introduces these new characters that we get to see for maybe three panels. Mm -hmm. um, they're cool, but it, it was a lot. It was a lot. I, I don't think it was bad, but it was just a little too much for me. I had a great time. Huh? Storm Mark. I got it. I, oh, yeah. uh, you know what? I like, I like Storm. I don't even like Storm that much. Um, I, I think what I enjoyed the most was the narration. That to me read like, um, what is it? Is it Sean Bean in uh, 300? 
John Bean's in 300? Yeah, yeah. He, I think Butler. he's the narrator. He's the oh, person, really? you know, actually telling the story over like a campfire, you know, passing the legend of the 300 to the other Spartans. Mm. And he, uh, uh, yeah, this whole thing just sounded to me like he was narrating the epic battle. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. You know, I think I think I fall somewhere between you all in the sense that there were parts of this that I really liked, but I think more than more than what is happening, because in a vacuum, what we're seeing, I don't like. You know, zany, crazy, huge Emma, right? Like that's not my thing. A mech. You know, I, yeah, <laughs> mech, mech <laughs> Emma. I'm not, you know, I'm not into that. Um that can work though, right? The problem for me, and, and some of that stuff's good and funny. The the bigger issue for me is that so much of this has to be established just in the one issue that I, I like I have a hard time even wrapping my mind around. Like the issue threes of this series have synergy, right? Like we were first introduced to this version of Emma in the last issue, whatever, whatever Immoral X-Men. Um, so there's synergy there, but it's just, you know, different creative teams, radically different art, different new characters that we now have to learn about. And it's just like, I can't keep up. And I don't think the story can keep up. I think it's too much for the scope of a 22 page comic book that has to function as the closing of a three issue piece unto itself, satisfy the characters that are already there, introduce new characters and satisfy their ends as well. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. And I think that this script buckles under the pressure. I do. I also thought the art was a little muddy. Um, and I know it was, uh, it's, it's Alessandro Vitti, who I think, I think it's the same creative team that actually did the last issue of Moral X-Men. I think you're right. Um, yeah. But even then, it just seems even muddier than the, that previous issue because what's happening in this issue is a lot more. Um, there's a lot of big fight scenes and a lot of stuff tried yeah, to could be. be stuffed in, you know, you know, panels that are like a third of the page and you got to fit like six people in there. Um, well, it's and, and those tough. thicker inks too, I think. Yeah, yeah. I had a hard time uh conveying everything and i think because it's so narration heavy it did like i think what was the, the plot of what was happening would let would have led itself nicely to splash pages um but because you need all those narration boxes you can't really do all that on one splash page because it's telling us so much um yeah al's not bendis like <laughs> sure yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i um you guys have brought up the introducing all the characters. Um, I guess the what I, I didn't mind that as much. I'm still I still don't know who John Ironside is. Iron Fire, Iron. There we go. Iron, uh, John Iron yeah. Fire. Yeah, is it Iron Fire? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but the uh, uh, the the <laughs> the the Legion of Substitute Fives. I thought was really cool. I really like that uh, makeshift, you know. Sure. 
yeah. for co-op re uh, uh, rebirth team. Tyler, why did you link that? Why did you link us the reviews this book is getting? Oh, uh, no. oh is that like linking you to the cover <laughs> that you should have gotten? Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Thank you. I wasn't sure. Wait, that I I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, this event. Damn, yeah, Warner Brother. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. I wanted to see your reactions live. Never mind. Look up the sway variant cover, guys, for this issue. I, I wasn't even phased by the cover. Yeah, like, I didn't even really notice that part. Um, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, all of this is basically not going to be relevant, right? So I get the I get the, the desire to go balls to the wall. Yeah. You might as well, right? Like, why not? So Al Ewing goes full Al Ewing, as Tyler said. That's either going to work for you or it's not. I think it would have worked a lot better for me were this five issues instead of three. But mm-hmm. I don't want extra issues of <laughs> Sins of Sinister. So I'm going to take what we got, right? I'm going to take it. I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to move on. And I'm going to act like my reality got snapped too. Like when this whole thing ends and they eventually use a Moira to reset the whole thing, I'm going to act like that happened to me. And I'm going to forget this. I'm going to forget it. I'm not going to remember Mommy Emma, Mommy Mecky Emma. I'm not going to remember that. I'm not going to remember Uber Storm. I'm going to forget about all of it. John Ironside, Iron Fire, whoever he is, I'm forgetting that too. Well, he's going to be coming back in the main continuity. Well, you know what? I'm going to forget where he ends up. And guess what? Fresh new character. I'll forget (laughs) forget him even when they bring him back because I wasn't paying attention to him anyway. Fair, fair. I did like the idea that Storm's mutant power is not weather manipulation but electron manipulation um and like that's that's just i'm trying to find things i like about this um i like the philosopher king in the the youtube chat uh philosopher king said this book had me hating sins of sinister again (laughs) i I feel like all of us even in the chat have flip-flopped so much on this whole series yeah it's uneven it really is um and i agree on the art concerns i don't think vd was the right choice for this book i generally enjoy what alessandro does but and and i think it worked a lot better in immoral but when there's so much going on page over page to have that muddiness to it i don't think it really underscores the grandeur of what we're seeing and i think some of this could have looked a lot cooler um if a, a more appropriate artist were chosen given the subject matter. It's not a criticism of Vidi. It's more just, I think, a mismatch. Mm. Especially the the art between um, the issue previous to Immoral last week and Vidi being on Immoral, I feel like that was a big jump. Mm. Yeah, I, oh God, I don't know. I'm just puzzled by this. I'm puzzled by all of this. I'm puzzled by the decision to make this event. I'm puzzled by the art choices. I'm puzzled by this giant Mecca Emma who's making me feel things I don't want to. I'm just confused. Oh man's never seen Evangelion. What? Feeling what, son? What? What are you feeling? I'm feeling like I'm going to pass on this one. Got it, got it. Nice save. You know what? It's my pay of the week. 
Oh, wait, wow. what? Wow. I didn't like Guardians that much. Oh, I, forget Guardians. What about the next book? I I have I have compl- I have complaints. I have thoughts. Uh they're not bad, but they're just kind of I know, yeah. Okay. Okay. All what right. What is the next book, Sean? The next book is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Usagi Yojimbo Where When Number 1 by Stan Sakai. Woo! With hi-fi design. I assume on the letters. Uh, wow. This is something that if it weren't for this podcast, I probably would never have purchased. It just wouldn't have been on my radar. I thought we would do something a little different today. Make Kale happy. Yeah, this is unprompted. You just put this on the thing. You're like, this is yeah. what we're doing. I was like, whoa, well, hold on. I, yeah. I like I was going to miss today because I had some deadlines and I was like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> High five, by the way, on the colors. Um, I've never read anything. I don't think of Usagi Yojimbo. So this was my first exposure. And I don't know if I've read, probably haven't also read anything by Stan Sakai. Um, this was interesting. Hmm. So there was a lot of continuity in Usagi Ojimbo here that I don't even know about. Not that, you know, not that I'm saying I've read every single one, but I read quite a bit. And I recognize a lot of the characters, but they're in places I have never seen before. Um, the Jen, the hornless rhino, him being married or whatever is like, that's absolutely wild to me. There's like a lot of editor's notes in this. Be like, yeah. Oh, this happened in this, you know, check out this. Was there? I don't think there was in my edition. I, uh, I, I had, had, a, I had, had like, I had like translations, but I, I had didn't a couple have of, any, uh, uh I'm, am I misremembering, Sean? I at least saw, at I, least saw two. Well, I've got one. I got one right here. At the oh, bottom. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. Yeah. That one was like, I think that one planted like where it is in continuity. Got it. That's, okay. the, only one I, that's the only one I remember. It might have just been the one, but I remember it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It looks like it was just that one. Um, yeah. You know, I. I I enjoyed the second half a lot. This book is really split into two halves. It's, it's the it's the Usagi Ojimbo portion and then the Turtles portion and the idea is that at the end, you know, they collide and issue 2 will show us the reason why everybody wants to buy this comic book. Um and the first part was steeped it felt like it was steeped in as you guys said, like a continuity that I don't, I don't know about. I don't know what's happening here. I don't know who these characters are. I don't know what their relationships are. That's not the end of the world. You don't need to know that. Um, what I got out of it is that Usagi Ojimbo clearly is a is a a warrior who has a heart and he wants to help. He wants to do, you know, and and that that's all you really need to know from what I can tell. That's fine. I was fine with that. I felt like the art was good for the style that it is, but I had a hard time 
following where my eyes were supposed to go. Like, where's the what's the next set of panels? Um, especially on that one yes. with the the long top panel. Yeah, yeah I'm holding the, it up now. The, it's got a big meeting, and I yeah, I was confused by that too. Can I be honest? Yeah. Um, I skipped those pages. I saw how many word balloons were in it. And I was like, I don't care, and I just went. <laughs> Well, you know what? One of my criticisms is that you didn't miss a beat by doing that. Yeah. I think if you're going to put that many words on a page, you've got to justify them. For me, I I knew I can skip those two pages when every time previous to that, anytime a character talked to another character, they named that character. Yeah. And that's Um, what that page was for. Yeah. The names were everywhere. And guess what? I still can't remember them. Um, right. There's one. And it yeah, was, you need one. It was really taking me out of it in a way. Um, those like those slower scenes where they're just talking to each other. Yeah, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, but you're right, it's, Sean. I think towards the second half, I was like, okay, this is kind of what I this is what I signed up for. So that's it's very Usagi is a very slow comic. It's it's probably the closest to a manga you can get without being a manga. Mm. Straight up. Uh and that's because like Stansakai, I think, is Hawaiian. I could be wrong about that. There's a, a story about him like trying to get it classified as a manga, but it isn't. For, who, for wait, who controls the classification? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. There I don't remember the details, but it's a very s- slow, atmospheric book, um, and a lot of that is because he he takes a lot of time to build the environments and draw it and really pull you in with the history and everything. Um, so that's that's, I think, like the importance of that page with the long top panel and you know their battle plans or whatever but like ultimately like i think you're right it really slows it down and it's not what you come to a ninja turtles comic for right and like once the ninja turtles are on the page the book opens up it feels more fun it's more exciting you know they're right in right in a battle you know and and they waste no time i think i think it's hilarious that they're they're referring to these robots as like wow these are so advanced this guy's really from the future the the enemy that they're fighting doctor yeah. Werewen. and these Werewen. are generic the most generic robots imaginable <laughs> that had to be on purpose right like that's in my head though funny. i'm like oh i'd be a great action figure you know <laughs> yeah but i guess that's very ninja turtles i, I just i would yeah, go ahead. I would I would bet that's Sakai just being like, I don't know, now I gotta draw a robot. <laughs> <laughs> I also love uh how um one of the turtles, I think it's Raphael, or or Michelangelo's like, he's from the future. They he's from the future. They probably have robots for like everything. And then I guess Raphael's like, including delivering pizza. Like that's our world right now. <laughs> that's today. <laughs> Domino's has cars that deliver pizza. Anyway, true. Well, um, Domino's isn't pizza, but oh, well, you know. Um, I enjoyed this for what it was, but I can't 
I can't. It, what it made me want is more Ninja Turtles comics, and it made me hungry for what that is like. Like, what are what are the Ninja Turtles comics that I need to go buy? There is an ad actually in here for um, the Ninja Turtles collection, the Volume One Compendium. It's a really beautiful hardcover edition, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, the next time I go to Midtown, I'm I'm buying that. No brainer." I looked at the price. Hundred and fifty dollars. Yep, yep. Hell no. But like the IDW run right now is great. Yeah, and it's been going for a long time. Yeah. Um, there's another page I think that has um a, a yellow book um on on uh that's in like their continuity. That's like the new status quo. You're talking about here on this page or no. Okay. Well, it may be. Yeah. Okay. Uh because that second one with the yellow turtle. Yeah, yeah. That's a new turtle. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, crazy. Like the There's a new female one? turtle, is it? Yeah. Yeah. She's the well, she's the new female turtle yeah. because Venus de Milo is in it now from the uh the Fox Kids. Ninja Turtles. Yo, that's right. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. Uh they've changed her origin a little bit because this new one has had to kind of take take it up. Uh yeah, no, the IDW stuff is great. It's uh it's collections I really want. Wow. Yep. Yep, I'm going to have to find a way. I'm going to have to Bag, borrow, or steal to get some of this turtle content because these comics look fantastic. Uh, I think if you if you want to get caught up, I believe quite a bit of it is on Comicsology. Oh, uh, shoot! Unlimited. So. I still have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! That's why it exists. There you go. Now you can catch up on turtles. You got got. Well, I got got. I got got for five bucks on this one too, but I did have a good time. I'm gonna say pull if you're a Turtles fan. Pull obviously pull if you're a Usagi Ojimbo fan. I can see this getting pretty fun. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm gonna stick around. I probably won't. It, but I, it I'm not mad at Reddit. It felt very um kitty. Mm. Like if this were an episode of the nineties Turtles, I think it would fit right in. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely a pull for me. Unfortunately, not my pick of the week. Yeah, uh, that's a pass for me. Um, I think it's it it feels like every other Usagi Ojimbo thing I've read, and I, I can say that it's it looks good, uh, but storyline wise, it's just, it's just not my thing. That's fair. That is fair. And so now we will move on to the listener pick this week. Uh, every single Friday, we put up a poll that allows you on Twitter, Twitter poll, that allows you to choose which book of four you think we should add to Pals Pulls, and then we review it every Thursday. This week, the winner was The Season's Half Teeth, number one. Uh, this is by Dan Waters, with art by Sebastian Cabral, colors by Dan Jackson, lettered by Nate Picos of Blambot. Oh, yeah. And 
this is a book that's very, very different, I think, than what we would traditionally review, than what I think is generally even on the stands. Um, it's a boom book. I think boom taking a chance on something a little bit weird and a little bit um, atypical for the market right now. I think the market right now really is favoring like stories that feature younger characters who are on some sort of adventure, like leaning into the YA stuff a lot. Um, whereas this is about an old man. The main character in this book is an old man who is living in the craziest world I can think of where the seasons are alive and they're personified. Uh, maybe, I mean, not maybe personified is the wrong word because they're not people. Anthropomorphized. Um, sure. There you go. That's a much better word. Thank yeah. you. Um, and it's horrifying. Uh, and we're seeing this guy kind of, he's a photographer and his mission is to get a snapshot of these seasons, their physical forms. Um, we're seeing him think about his past and his relationship with his late wife and mistakes he made and things like that. I was actually really uh, compelled by this. I really found a lot to like here. Yeah. I think Dan Waters is very good. I don't mean this in a, in a derogatory sense, but he's very good at flowery writing. Um, kind of a pun in this sense, too. Um, but uh, like the stuff that he's written for for DC, from what I remember, like, um, was it... Uh, what was the Sandman esque thing? Um, not Satan, Lucifer. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. Um, it really works there. Um, I think it works here as well. I think it, 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 there's some interesting world building that that leaves that shows enough of it where it's like, okay, I understand what's going on, but I still have a lot of questions left. Mm -hmm. um, my only issue with this issue is like I don't know what this does as a comic. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I don't know, is it how many how many issues is it like? Is it just gonna be like four? Is it a four issue thing like that? I don't know. I don't know what the storytelling going like. I can't picture the rest of this book really. Um, you can't. You really can't. I can't. I can picture the world, but I can't picture like I don't know where the story's going. Does really, that make sense? You really can't. I feel like it's pretty well laid out. The guy's gonna try to take pictures of all the seasons. Yeah, that's it. Like, yes. like it's like yeah, it was a Pokemon absolutely. Snap. Like, or they'll kill him, right? Or he'll die. Yeah, or or die trying. Maybe then the well, great fifty album. But like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know if a word beyond that. Like, that's fair. That was my complaint with this. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed it, but. I could have used more there. It, uh, it was very atmospheric. It was very, um, you know, we lived in this guy's head. Um, we lived in his memories and his memories related to what he was trying to do. Um, and, and I really enjoyed the, the wordplay between the, uh, you know, the, the art and the, and the, uh, the dialogue. But there just wasn't quite enough. There, there wasn't quite enough information. I, I liked what we got. I really liked what we got. 
I could have done with more, more, uh, more content in it. You know, I I agree. I think if if I've ever read a number one, because this very much feels like a traditional number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it does everything that you know you expect the number one to do to the point where yes, it does also feel paint by numbers. I think what makes it stand out for me is the fact that the premise is so different and we are following a main character that's very atypical. I, the last book I read that had a main character this old that wasn't super powered or anything like that was probably like a couple of years ago. Uh, I think Jeff Lemire had a book about an old man. Um, I can't ma- book, Jeff Lemire. The Maze or something. He was sad about his daughter's death. Oh, I yeah, can't remember yeah, the yeah. exact. Yep. Yeah. And so I appreciated that th- that right there. Um, I like the fact that it's doing something different. However, I don't know if I've ever read a number one that more desperately needed 10 pages. And more pages. Yeah. 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 It just needed more. That's all. I don't think there was anything right. wrong. I think it just needed yeah. more. Yeah. I like what he did with what he had. And frankly... For what he had, I like how sparse it even is because I think it tells a compelling enough story, a mm-hmm. complete enough story. But with 10 more pages, I think it could have really hooked it, you know? Yeah. Oh, thank you, Philosopher King. Yeah, May's book. Um, I agree. And I will say that by the by the near end of the issue, I was kind of like, all right, what are we doing? What's happening? But once you get to the reveal, I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Now, I will admit, I think that if you had an artist on here, or maybe this is just the premise of the story, but like it could have been wilder, like it could have been more grand and crazier looking, maybe even psychedelic to some degree, like there could have been an effect that there is on you to see something that monstrous. Um. But all in all, once I got to that part of the story, my breath was taken and I was like, okay, I'm in the driver's seat. What the hell's about to happen? Yeah, I kept waiting for it to flip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a- that's that was the exciting part. Yeah. I, I would have almost ended it revealing that giant spring thing. Yeah. You know? Um, just in terms of the pace of it, because I felt like we hit that a high point and then like afterwards and maybe that's that that contributes to me not knowing where the story's gonna be going because we get there and then it just kind of just disappears and the story kind of just falters well there think think about think about this though right if the story because because we got to put everything into context right he sees and i'm sorry this is deep spoilers but um he sees this creature right spring and i think i think we're in spring yeah he sees spring and he thinks oh my God, this is the end of everything. I'm going to die. Everything's over. And these kids who remind him of himself when he was young, Mm. right? They go up to it. They don't have the same fear that he has. And he's thinking, these idiot kids, how dare they? They're going to die. We're all dead. And then nothing bad happens. Yeah. If the book ends with you seeing that big creature and then the first five issue or the first five pages of issue two, show that nothing happened, that's pretty disappointing. I like the fact that the book immediately questions this guy. It immediately says, do you do you know everything you think you know about the way the world works? It puts into question the mentality of 
older, more mature individuals who think they know everything. You know, this is a guy who, who in a lot of ways, you know, pivoted his whole life in, in a weird direction due to his immaturity. You know, the mistakes of youth. So he thinks every young person is like he was. But we need that fire. And I love that this issue takes the time to say that. I thought this was fantastic. This was my book of the yeah. week coming into this. And I think now speaking about it, it's once again my book of the week. Oh, you flip-flopped again. Like, Sin's a Sinister. I did, dude. I'm just a big flip-flopper. Yeah, I thought this ruled. Um, I mean, I enjoy it now that I'm hearing, hearing you talk about that, Sean. I do enjoy it more. Oh, good. Um, it did look good, too. I'll say. The, the uh, Sebastian Cabral art, very nice. Yes, I agree with that. Um, I wish that there was a little bit more to the color. Mm. I feel like some of those flashback sequences, they're bathed in green. That's deliberate, but they just don't really pop. They don't have... I don't really think anything in the book really has too, too much pop to it. Except spring. And that kind of made things feel a little bit duller from a visual standpoint to me. But the art quality, I think, is there. I, yeah, I have to imagine that's on purpose. Yeah. Because, you know, when you hit summer and autumn, those those are going to be alive. But then, you know, say it's a four-issue series and you have, you know, winter is the last one. Like, that, oh. that book's going to be dead. Yeah. That's, see? And, like, I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. I'm excited to get to that and see what that looks like. I'm actually on the hook for this. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm on the hook. I want to see where, where Dan Waters goes. I can't even think of another Dan Waters book. I feel like we've read one. I could not tell you what it is. House of Whispers? Lucifer? I know he's on the Loki book, I believe, that's coming out. Who uh, worked on Dark Crisis, the Deadly Green, which is that Swamp Thing kind of thing. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that doesn't really count here. because there's so much Homesick going on. Pilots, a couple stuff here and there. I I think not only do I say this is my pick of the week, but I think you should challenge yourself if you've got a little bit of extra cash and you want to read a book that's different. I think you should try this. I really do. It's different. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, this yeah, this is this is what I think of when I want something different out of comics away from you know superhero stuff mm -hmm. um yeah i say pull it too i if you want to read some real good, good damn water stuff he did a uh, arkham city with danny on art oh and that is okay great, great stuff I'm I'm looking up the answer now as to w whether this is going to be a limited series or not i it feels out. like it is um, it doesn't, it's four issues, actually, I just learned now. So only four, four issues. I, I think, I think it's worth your time. Um, whoa, <laughs> $7 price point though, for this cover, I will not be doing the hollow cover again. I'll tell you that right. Now. Was that the only one they had? Is that why? Or you just thought it was cool? Uh, you know what? Actually, because I've been sick, I did not go to Midtown this week. Uh, someone gotcha. in my life went for me, and they made the decisions Bean? about the Bean probably went. Yeah, yeah my Bean, cousin went. Bean yeah. gets those that's, crazy covers. Yeah, that's yeah. that's it. 
And yeah. All right. So those are the reviews, but we are not done because we want to let you guys know what books we're looking forward to next week in a segment that we like to call Pals Pulls. Tyler, take it away. Let's pull our pals here. Um, so, Sean, you wanted to check out Amazing Spider-Man number 24. Yeah, I am all in on this arc. I think it's been really cool. Um, I have a fun story to tell on Saturday that relates to this uh, to issue 23. Hmm. Um, but we'll save that for that podcast. Um, I, I, I've been I've been loving it. You know, it's getting a lot of hate. But I think what Zeb Wells and Ramita Jr. are doing is fun. It's exciting. It feels like Spider-Man. And I have been waiting to feel this feeling about a Spider-Man comic for a very long time. So can't wait to find out what Peter did. Is it really getting hate? Oh, yes. I hate on this podcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've, I've only heard that the people I've talked to have only liked it. So. Oof. Besides, I think you, Cal. Um, Dude, people people say that he's... That he's um, that he is uh, uh, cast like like warping the characters' personalities to justify the story that Peter would never team up with Norman. You know, Peter wouldn't punch Cap. Why that's, can't they just talk it out? That's blah, 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 storytelling. Never mind. All right, whatever. Um, and I wanted to check out the final issue of Deceased War of the Undead Gods. I finally got caught up to this yesterday or Tuesday. Um, this is fun. There's some wacky stuff that happens in this book. Um, I don't even want to spoil what happens in it, but some, because it's out of continuity, it lets characters grow in some really, really unexpected ways. Um, mm. I, I'd, I'd recommend checking this book out. It's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It's Trevor Hare scene on art, Tom Taylor on writing. Um, it's the final issue of this volume of it. I don't know how many more we'll have, but we'll see. Um, and I also wanted to check out Avengers Assemble Omega. This is the final Jason Aaron Avengers book. So we'll Yay. see what happens. Hmm. We that, might end up we might end up reviewing that. We might. If the, we might. Yeah. Um I just um, I'd love to see what the consensus once this is all done of Jason Aaron's Avengers run. Um I read every issue, so I have thoughts, but uh, Who's this guy yeah. on the cover? Which Which robot guy? That is the invincible Ant-Man. That's Tony Stark as an Ant-Man from an alternate reality. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that one bit. Uh Uh-huh. He still has a drinking problem. Oh, he just got over his drinking problem, though. Um, And Kazar is a Herald of Galactus on the cover there, too. Um, That's what's happening on that book. I do like that. Yeah. Uh, Gorilla Man's a vampire. All right. Yeah, Um, I'm into that. Kale. Superboy. Yeah, so... uh... The one true Superboy. <laughs> nice philosopher king. Yeah. Uh, uh, Connor Kent is here with his own title. Um, I think this is the first uh, night uh, return of the 90s Superboy uh, since he's been back. I don't think there's been think another so. Superboy title. Yeah, you are correct. Um, so I think this will have been. Oh no, that's not right. Anyway, I'm pumped about this. I this, really like this. This is my Superboy. Uh, listen, John Kent is fine. Y'all can have him. I might even pick this up just if I could find this cover. This is a really cool um, uh, Joe Quinones cover on here. That's a fucking has 
lot of homages. Man. It has the Teen Titans and a Demon Days Gorillas tribute, you know, cover yeah. there. It's got, you know, Anima of the State with uh, that lightning character from Superman and Daft Punk Robot Man. Yeah, it's my jam. Um, I'm going to try and find this cover. It looks a lot of fun. Live this was the uh, I, I brain farted. Did you mention this is the one that won that um poll, the DC round robin thing? Um, no, I didn't because I don't know anything about that and I don't care to acknowledge it. Uh, it, I don't know if it won, but it was part of it. So, I think it did win. Yeah, I think it did. It's it's like that Blue Beetle book that came out that we were eh, um, um, and then you want to check out Hellcat number two. Yeah, I really enjoyed. Me too. The first yeah. Hellcat. I uh, I like the twist of it being uh, Hellcat being a traditionally uh, romance character turned superhero, and this book turns all of that on its head into like a magic based uh, dark uh, dark guy story. Magic based dark guy story. Heard it here first, yeah. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the rest, fun. the rest doesn't matter. So that's right. It doesn't. Don't you forget it. I learned, I learned my lesson. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here on Pals Pulls. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Before you leave, make sure you do hit that like button if you are watching live on YouTube. If you're watching or listening anywhere else, there is a way to support. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever. There is a comment section for you to leave a review. 